Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I got to tell you, I ended last Sunday's show with a, well, a brief discussion of how I feel that Major League Baseball can go back and make the game fun for the next generation of fans and players. And the more I thought about it, the more I just felt compelled that I want to continue that conversation in more depth to today. And of course, to get your thoughts and feedback and suggestions as well. Now look, here's the situation. When it comes to Major League Baseball and all baseball in this country, I know it depends on where you live and what part of the country, but the stark truth is that in general, over the last 15 or 20 years or so, there is lots and lots of research and studies that show that fewer and fewer kids are being attracted to playing baseball. There are all sorts of theories, explanations, and I'll give you my theory in a few minutes. But let's face it, the gaining popularity of other spring sports like lacrosse, uh, the booming growth of video games, football, basketball, they do a much better job at marketing their sports than baseball does, and on and on. The bottom line is that baseball so-called national pastime, continues to lose more and more of its attraction to the next generation of athletes. Okay, now, what's my take? Well, as a lifelong baseball fan, and most of you know I played in high school and college professionally, coached professionally as well, I'm worried, really worried, that the game is no longer being played in an exciting way at the big league level. And even worse, that kids today are not being exposed to how the game can and should be played. I expect that, of course, some of you will agree with me and some will disagree. So, you know what? Bring it on. Let's hear from you. one 337 6666 Of course, that's our number. Here's the crux of the dilemma as I see it. And I... I think you can trace all this back to the publication of that big best-selling book, Moneyball, by Michael Lewis, which sort of ushered in the official, was the official sort of birth of analytics when it comes to baseball. Now, since then, that book came out, you know, two decades ago. In short, Major League Baseball owners have hired brilliant, 
Ivy League graduates who have crunched the numbers over the last couple of decades or so. And these guys have collectively come up with the startling conclusion that the very best way to win in the big leagues is to have as many power-throwing pitchers, pitchers who, quite frankly, throw 95 to 100 miles per hour and who rack up lots and lots of strikeouts, to place your infielders into lopsided defensive shifts because most batters still try to pull every pitch they see, and, of course, on the offensive side, to sign up home-run hitting sluggers because those guys, the theory goes, will consistently drive in runs with their homers. Now, of course, I am simplifying all of this. But I got to tell you, I really don't think I'm too far off the mark. You look at any any Mets or Yankees game from the past week or two, and what do you see? Well, you see lots and lots and lots of guys taking three big, hefty swings and then striking out. Lots of guys positioned in a, in a defensive infield shift. And just about every pitcher who takes the mound is throwing over 90 miles per hour. In fact, it gets to the point where if a guy comes in and he doesn't throw over 90, one of the commentators will remark, well, he doesn't throw very hard. He doesn't, he's not breaking 90 miles an hour. What's the overall impact in terms of the game itself? Well, let's think about this. First of all, the players' batting averages have all plummeted. Strikeouts are at an all-time high. Nobody but nobody steals bases. Nobody bunts against the shift. There's no action in the game. It's pretty much just all strikeouts and home runs or nothing. And as much as I love baseball, the truth is it's pretty boring, and it's a tough game to sell to kids. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, and I know a lot of you agree with me about this. We know that the average uh, age of the fan of a baseball today is around late 50s. We're going to have to turn this around if Major League Baseball wants to get back to attracting the next generation of kids to play baseball. And the, the, the answer, in my mind, it's fairly simple. <laughs> All they need to do is to return to making the game full of action, full of fun. Let me, let me but again, I'll take your calls about this because I'm curious to get your, your reaction. Think back to when you were in Little League or in middle school or high school and how you played baseball. One of the basic principles of exciting baseball is that when your team is up at the plate and you're batting, you want to put pressure on the team in the field. You want them to get feel nervous. Get them get them jittery. And you do that by getting guys on base who can run. Now back when I played, and I realize I'm older than most of you folks, but back when I played, kids couldn't wait to get to first base so that they could steal second. Batters, especially lefty batters, also learned how to bunt for hits. Fielding a bunt puts real pressure on a pitcher and on his fielders. Because lots of things can go haywire when a guy has to run in and pick up a ball and try to throw it to first base to nip a runner who can really speed down the base path. We all know, of course, that kids learn how to sacrifice bunt. Look, nobody ever likes to put down a sacrifice bunt. Who wants to give up on a bat just to sacrifice for the team? But you learn how to do it, and he did it because it was for the good of the team. And those hitters who had real good bat control, well, you were taught how to hit and run in order to make things happen, to shake things up and put real pressure on the defense. Again, none of these things happen anymore at the big league level. It's just all forgotten. And I think what the basic issue is that, again, 
if you have a, a, a offensive team that can run, steal bases, have back control, uh, bunt, this puts real pressure on the defense to try and figure out how to basically defend against you. Squeeze bunts were always a possibility when I was a kid playing high school and college ball. It put the defense on alert and made pitchers nervous. Hey, maybe he'll balk in a run or throw a wild pitch. Remember, the game is won by which team scores the most runs. That's the idea. And quite frankly, with all the analytics and all the stats out there, the most important stat is run scored because that's how you win games. The team that scores the most uh, runs wins the game. But think about this. Remember first and third double steals? The truth is they are hard to defend, especially if you have a fast runner on third base. Why? Because defensively, a lot of things can go wrong trying to stop a first and third double steal. My point is, we all learned how to play baseball in this tension-filled manner. You, you had to make the other team play good, solid defense. You had to make it hard because we always had guys in base who were a threat to steal. The idea is you wanted to get to first base. Once you get on first, things can happen. Yeah, occasionally a guy would get a hold of one and hit a home run. That did happen, but you didn't wait for it. You didn't count on that. You were waiting to just get on base and start making things happen. Uh, you know, one of my heroes growing up, was a five foot nine second baseman for the Chicago White Sox named Nellie Fox. Nellie Fox rarely struck out. Maybe 10, 12 times a year in a typical season of more than 600 at bats, he always put the ball in play. He had a lifetime batting average of close to 300, made the Hall of Fame. It was a great defensive second baseman. But he put the ball in play, he just didn't strike out. Back in my day, perhaps in years, it was considered a personal affront if you struck out against a pitcher. I mean, it just it, nowadays it's expected the guys are going to strike out because they're taking big three, big three hacks at the pitch, and if they don't make contact, well, that's the way it goes. Luke Appling, another Hall of Famer, he was renowned for being able to foul pitches off. He would routinely wear out pitchers all by himself. A batter would get two strikes on Appling. And my dad would tell me, Luke wouldn't take a big swing. He'd just wait for the pitch and then foul it off over and over and over again until he got a pitch he liked, and then he swung at it. He was amazing and apparently great fun to watch if you were a fan. Look, the fact is, I used to love to hit and run as a batter. Guys like Fox and Appling did too. And as a hitter, with a hit and run, you made the team in the field jumpy and antsy. But kids today never see any of this. And to me, that's one of the reasons why kids are not being drawn back into the game. My point is this, and I'm just getting started. Kids today don't see any of this at the major league level. All they see are strikeouts and occasional uh, home run. And, of course, sometimes a guy hits a homer and flips his bat. But is that really the future of baseball when it comes to marketing? Let me ask you this before I start getting some calls. What do you know about how Jackie Robinson actually played baseball. Yeah, we know about Jackie Robinson and, and breaking the color line and so on and so forth, and he was a wonderful human being. We know all that. But what, how, did, how did he play baseball? Well, let me tell you, he was always, always in motion on the bases. He was always moving. He made pitchers and catchers and fielders nervous because you never knew when he was going to try and steal second or third or even home. 
When he took a lead off of first base, he was jumping around uh, back and forth, jittery. I mean, you just, as a fan, you couldn't take your eyes off him because you never knew what Jackie Robinson was going to do next. That is fun and exciting baseball, and it just changes the game because that's how baseball is played. The late steal? You know what a delayed steal is? Most kids think the late steals are first and third. No, I'm not a kid on first base, waits the pitches delivered to the plate, and then when people take a momentary pause, and then he breaks for second. I don't know if kids even know what a delayed steal is these days. Anyway, all right, I mean, let's get some calls about this because I'm curious to get your thoughts about what is the future of baseball because whatever they're trying to sell now, it just ain't working. Let's start this morning with Ed over in Elizabeth. Ed, I'm curious to get your thoughts about this. I have an idea what you're going to tell me, but good morning. You're on the fan. You got two hours. I could I could give you a lot of things, Rick. <laughs> I bet you could. <laughs> Here's so, what it is: this game is going in the bad direction, and it is in a lot of ways. It was fortunate this week. I got to see Cranford High School play the number one team in, in New Jersey, and they're well coached by Dennis McCaffrey, one of the top coaches in the state. I'm watching them play. They're double stealing, delay stealing. Uh, at any cost, and it didn't matter which batter was up in the order. They were putting pressure on the defense. Right. right. Uh, they also hit and run. Rick, this game, this this game is is getting so bad. And I'm going to be honest. I was I was broadcasting some games uh, on GameCast Live, and uh, baseball is getting bad even on a high school level. I, I don't know if it's what it is uh, on it, the preparation. Well, Let's talk about Cranford. Cranford, you say, obviously, it's a great team, great program. They, 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 they obviously do these things. They do hit and run. Uh, they do put pressure on the defense. But that's, that's a, I guess that's a, a rarity, an oddity these days, Ed, because we don't see that at other major league, uh, other high school levels or even college levels. Well, here's one for you. I was at a college game the other yesterday, okay? I was watching a New Jersey Athletic Conference game. Nine-inning game almost took four hours. Yeah. Four yeah. hours for a nine-inning game. I mean, it's 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 just it's just constant delay, constant delay. I know when I'm coaching this summer, we're going to be hit and running. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing you know the things that we were when me and you coached back then and all that. But you know what? I feel bad for Rick. You know, I'm trying to get players recruited for colleges, whether it's D1, D2, or D3. Yeah. All they ask out, ask me now is spin rate, launch angle, and Correct. all that stuff. Right. Do you remember when we coached Rick? We would take a chance on a kid maybe 81, 82 miles an hour because he was a winner. Now, if, if, if that kid's not 81, 82, even if the D3s don't want to take a chance at him. You know, and, and, and it's crazy the way this game's going. And I hate to say it, Rick, this game's going in the bad direction. I mean, watching home run strikeouts. You know, I go back to the 96 Yankees, you know, how they used to play. Hit and run, safety squeeze, all that. 96 to 201. That's when baseball was great. Now, I fall. I, I actually fall asleep in my chair now watching the game. That, that's how bad it's gotten. Ed, I got to tell you, uh, I was talking not long ago with a, a top uh, uh, hitting instructor. And, uh, you know, he, he was telling me the same thing, that the kids today coming up through high school and into college and being recruited, uh, all, all the, the focus is on spin rate if you're a pitcher, a launch angle if you're a batter. And I, I said to my friend, I said, why? I mean, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, who? look, the vast majority of kids are not going to be blessed with that kind of power as, as a home run hitter. They're not going to be blessed with, with great speed as a pitcher throwing 90 plus. It's just not going to happen. But 
you know, it wasn't that long ago that big league stars included people like Greg Maddox, who didn't throw a lot hard. Uh, you know, Whitey Ford didn't throw hard. He had a great curveball. Um, you know, Jimmy Moyer pitched till he was close to 50, never threw, you know, above, you know, mid-80s. And they all, these guys all won. So we have a history of these pitchers winning, but now the whole thing is, well, unless you throw 95, you got no shot of, of, of being a winner uh, in baseball. And it's just, it's just wrong. And you know what it is too, Rick? The the, the showboating on, on a major league level it it's it it stinks. It, it ruins the game. Backflips, taking selfies, <laughs> uh, you know, all this stuff. This this isn't how you win a game. How about we go back to the way when when you scored a run, you always saw Derek Jeter come out of the dugout, greet the player, no matter what what the little thing was and all that stuff. It, this, this game, it's it's instead of about team, it's all about me, and then and the. the this game is totally going in the wrong direction. I, I, I hate to say it, we're going to we're going to lose kids playing baseball. I really feel it, even on a little league level. Well, the kids are going to say, you know, uh, and Ed, let me take a break here, but thank thank you for your thoughts. Have a thoughts. great day, Rick. You bet. And, and you know, Ed is right. I, I do think we are losing kids because the kids see all this and say, well, okay, so a guy hits a home run, but you can't count upon that happening. And the rest of the time, it's just strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Nobody steals a base. Nobody bunts. I mean, a little kid would say, well, if you're, if you're a, a left-handed hitter and you have all these infielders on the right side of the infield, why not just hit the ball the other way or why not put a bunt down and the fact is most hitters can't do that at the big league level they just don't have the, that that skill level the same way they can't put down a bunt for a hit i mean it's just bizarre and that's how you have to that's how you got to stop these defensive shifts if you can have enough hitters decide okay i guess it's okay to go and slap the ball the other way to uh, to left field to get a base hit but until it happens it's just going to be three big cuts at the plate and that well it didn't make contact so what no you can't you can't conclude that just striking out is the same or is a, is 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 equal to uh, you know popping up or or hitting a ground ball if you pop up if you put the ball in play with a ground ball there's always that chance that something might happen Somebody's got to feel it. Somebody's got to throw it. Somebody might drop the ball in a pop-up. And yet, and yet, that's the mentality of the guys who are being brought up to the big leagues today. Strikeouts, okay. It's not a big deal. Nothing to be ashamed about. Really? All right. Let me take a time out. I have a lot more to talk about than this, and I'm going to get your thoughts as well. one 337 6666 Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan. WFAN. Hey, we're talking this morning about about how to make baseball more attractive and more fun for the younger players, the fans, the next generation. And my premise is that the analytics guys have somehow concluded that the very best way to win is to have a complete roster of power pitchers and power hitters. The problem is that makes the game pretty boring to watch. It may be effective, it may be efficient, and that's a concern. But it's not a good influence on the next generation of kids who start by playing Little League Baseball. Now, you think about Little League Baseball for a second. It's supposed to be about a lot of action, not waiting for yet another walk or strikeout, which is what happens these days. Look, let the kids, the kids starting out, even at the young ages, let them hit off the batting tee. Let them run the bases. Let them, if the kids are a little older and you can't find a, a, a kid who can throw strikes, let the, pit, let the coaches pitch to the kids. The point is you want to emphasize action, action, action. 
just letting the kids pick dandelions in the outfield, well, that's just going to make them feel this is an incredibly boring game. I could be doing something else with my time besides doing this. During a practice session with little leaguers, you got to keep them moving. Teach them how to play the game, how to run the bases, how to take leads, how to do this and that. But keep it always moving. Make it fun. Keep the action flowing. It's as simple as that. Look, it's, 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 it's a very simple uh, solution I hear. Is, I, I think just go back to go back to what, how baseball was taught when we were kids and how it was played. You don't have to go through all this stuff about uh, launch angles and, and uh, spin rates. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, and the end product is a boring boring game. It's not entertaining. All right, let's get back to our calls. Let's go to Jack Smith. And Jack, good morning. You're next up on the fan. How are you, Rick? And, Jack, let, you let know, me ask, it, it, before you start, let me ask you this. You know, we know about your son, your, your older son, Zach. He was, he was yep. a tremendous, tremendous athlete, and he was blessed with great speed. I mean, he, had not, he wasn't just fast. He was super fast, correct? Yes, he was. All right, so Clearly, when he played it in high school and at Penn State, uh, lots and lots of records in terms of stealing bases and, and making things happen on the base paths. But do you understand <laughs> that in today's game, the way that the game is played today, he wouldn't be considered a top prospect? Because we don't look at well, guys well, who run. You know, it's so funny that you say that because I was talking to Zach, and Zach is disgusted with the game. He is that type of player. Here, let me name, let me just say a couple names here. And most of the young people won't even know who these people are. The first one they will, Jackie Robinson, Tim Raines, Lou Brock, Ricky Henderson. They wouldn't even be looked at today. No. They wouldn't no. even be considered to play. Zach, like I said, Zach has the Penn State stolen base record. It hasn't been even close. Yep. He still, I think, holds one of the records in the Can-Am League. These players would not even – if you want to go watch baseball the way it used to be played, go watch a college softball game. Seriously. <laughs> we bunt. You know, we work a half hour every day on, for our defensive plays for runners on first and third. We have five different set plays to put on for when that runner takes off for second base. I mean, that's part of the game. Yesterday in our two losses, I mean, we lost two, played very tough yesterday, but we bunted the ball 11 times in two games, 11 times. We stole two or three times. You know, that's baseball. And the funny thing is, is that in softball, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, stealing on the pitcher because you can't leave until the ball comes out of the pitcher's hands. There's no pitching from the stretch. But the way baseball is being played today, the way you said it, it's the most boring thing. And like Ed said, I, I fall asleep watching baseball. And Zach's a fanatic, and he watches every freaking game you can imagine. My son Alex out in, out in Denver is the same way. They're baseball fanatics. But they're disgusted with this. Yeah. You know, if you it's, want to teach kids, I watched a 10-year-old um, select game about two weeks ago. All right? A seven-inning mm -hmm. game they played. They didn't even play six. They played seven innings. Not one bunt. Not one steal. Not one hit and run. Nothing. And that's at 10 years old. I, I mean... What do we teach, like you said, and I have 150% agree with what you feel. You know, baseball was not meant to, to swing at pitches and miss them. They really weren't. You're trying, to, you're trying to put the ball in play, you know, like Fox did and those types of players. And even Zach. I mean, Zach 
the year he led the hitting at, at the Can-Am League, I think he had something like 32 bunt base hits. Take those 32 <laughs> bunts away, and his batting average is about 200 instead of 358 or 360, whatever it was that year. I mean, it, it, the game is not fun anymore. It's just not fun. And the problem uh, is uh, – uh, Jack, I'm telling you, I think a lot of people are now beginning to sort of say the same thing. Because this year, as you know, in the last year, MLB keeps tinkering, keeps experimenting. We're going to change some of the rules. Uh, I know I think in, in the Atlantic League, they're going to try and push the rubber back a foot. I mean, what? What are you doing? Yeah. You don't have to do all these rule make the changes. Bases, make the bases bigger? I mean, what, what is that about? <laughs> I mean, I, mean just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I the, don't the, get it. The one rule, the one rule I will suggest, I do think, and I think it's long overdue, is is to basically say to the pitcher, you got ten seconds when you get the ball back yeah. from the catcher, you got ten seconds to make your next pitch. I don't understand why any pitcher has to walk around the mound, look at the sky, uh, pick up the rosin bag, take a deep breath. What are you doing? I mean, come on. And I can tell you firsthand uh i played behind pitchers like that and, and and you know especially on cold windy nights what are you doing to me man I'm, I'm freezing out here just get the ball and throw a strike i mean what do you you only got three pitches let's do it all right what are you thinking about what are you plotting here i don't understand why that's not enforced uh, right now and what? just say come on that'll speed the game up considerably on its own one other thing I wanted to say, if you want to teach kids how to play baseball the way it used to be played, yeah. the way it was an exciting game, put wood in their hands, all right? Because you're not going to find kids hitting home runs with wood, you know, over a 200, 220-foot fence at, at the Little League level. Right. They're going to have to put the ball in play. They're going to have to bunt. They're going to have to try to hit behind runners and advance runners and sack, you know, just it's a disgusting thing to watch these days, and I and I love the game more than life itself, you know. But the point is, is that put the game back into the game. Let them play the way baseball used to be played. Like I said, like you even said, a guy like Zach wouldn't even be looked at today. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Considered a prospect. So, he and that's three what... home runs in his in his pro career. Two inside the park. <laughs> I mean, one over the fence. And it was about 90-mile-an-hour wind that night going at his back. So, uh, I mean, uh, Jack, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's hard to believe, but that's exactly what's happening. That's, what, that's the legacy that the current game is uh, having on the younger players. Jack, let me take some more calls. Thank you, as always, for your thoughts. I'll talk to you again soon. Uh, you know, and, and I will tell you that, that uh, the other problem with this is if you are a kid growing up and you have aspirations to want to play professional baseball, uh, the fact is if you don't seem to have great home run power when you're 10 or 12 or 13, whatever, you just say, well, I have great speed, but they're not looking for speed. They're looking for guys who hit home runs. So why should I continue playing baseball? Because I can realize I'm not going to be 6'5", uh, 220. That's a problem. It's a huge problem. It also explains why so many kids start quitting, quit, uh, quit the game around the age of 13 or 14. It's as simple as that. Let's let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Bill up in Yorktown, New York. Hey, Bill. Good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick. How you doing? Good. Great how are you today? Good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I've got just firsthand knowledge. I mean, from my father to me, fantastic Mets fans and baseball fans. But yep. my two kids, <clears throat> the last week, my son told me. He really enjoys watching baseball lately because it puts him to sleep. <laughs> He's having trouble sleeping. My daughter went to a game, and the first thing she told me was, I said, wow, great game. The Mets won. She said, well, 
it was really boring. There was like four hits in the whole game. Yep, yep. But I think you're talking about teaching the kids in a different way. I, the, you know, the analytic guys aren't stupid and they're not wrong. Uh, I think what you need to do is it's, it's, the changes have to come through the rules. It's not teaching the kids because, you know, at the higher levels, it's going to be the analytics in control. So unless you change the rules, the analytics don't change. So that's my opinion. Thanks for the show. Always enjoy it and take care of yourself, my friend. Thank you, Bill. And, uh, yeah, I think here's the problem. The fact is, the analytics guys, and they're not stupid, these are bright people, and they've come up with this, this uh, thesis uh, for the most part, as I said. Well, if you want to win, and win a lot at the big league level, you need you need guys who throw really hard, close to 100 miles an hour, you need guys who have great power, and you play with shifts. Okay, well, let's work from that premise. Fine. Maybe that does work. We don't know, because it's all sort of coming into focus in the last few years. But the fact is, until we have some owner who basically decides, you know what, I really grew up in a time when baseball had guys who could hit and run and steal bases and first and thirds and squeeze bunts and so on and so forth. Let's get a team like that together, a guy that can do all these things, and let's get an organization based upon those old, old school principles, and let's see if we can win baseball games. Because quite frankly, until that happens, we're just not going to know. I mean, Back in the day, that's how all the teams played. And obviously, we had some great teams, and it was fun to watch. But I do think what will happen is if an organization does go to this sometime this year, next year, whatever, at least the fans will come to the games because they enjoy this. They, they enjoy watching the game. They find it to be fun and exciting and entertaining. Look, Jacob DeGrom is a great, great, great pitcher. But let's face it, he strikes everybody out all the time. It's not exciting. You sort of say, why doesn't the other team try to put a bunt down, try to do something different, try to put the ball in play, anything to try to beat Jacob DeGrom. But again, this is the state of baseball today, and unfortunately, as I'm hearing this morning, it's not getting any better. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, Eli over in Newark. Hey, good morning, Eli. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning. How you doing, buddy? Uh, first of all, I uh, hope all's well with your family, friends, and loved ones. That's first. Yes, thanks um, for you as well. I could I couldn't agree with you more. I agree with you a million percent. All the previous callers too. I grew up in a time, man, when stealing base was an art form. So I mentioned uh, Jackie Robinson, Maury Wills, no guys, and Richard yep. Henderson, man. There was so much excitement in the stadium, the announcers, and you was home. You was glued to the TV. You're gonna get picked off. You're gonna steal that base, get thrown out. What about this? When the last time you seen an inside the park home run? <laughs> you know what I mean? A guy laid down a perfect bunt. That was an art form. As a matter of fact, even when the Magic used to come out, like Tom Lasorti, Earl Weaver, arguing with the umpire, that was exciting. That was entertainment. That's on backwards. They, they, they took the fun and the excitement. Oh, it, 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 it just, they took it out of baseball. Now, I understand about analytics, but the thing about analytics to me is almost like when you see your computer information and a computer spits out the answer, right? Yep. But the problem is the players are not computers. They're human beings. They're not computers. That's you know, right. I don't know. They're going to have to make some kind of adjustment if they want to bring, uh, have the kids interested in it. Because kids, they, matter of fact, they got so many distractions with the cell phones and stuff. How are you going to get their attention? There's got to be something to get their attention. It's got to be exciting. They took well, it all out of it. You know, Eli, I, you know, we're, we're all on the same page on this. I mean, Major League Baseball thinks, well, what we'll do is uh, to get people to come to the games. We'll have uh, between innings distractions, uh, you know, this, that, whatever, um, because they feel they have to somehow entertain the people to come to the games. But you know, I'm thinking, well, that means that the game itself 
they've given up on the game. Oh, the game is not uh, not an attraction, but the game is the attraction, not, not the you know the, the sausage races and stuff you know between innings uh, or, or the trivia contest. Make the game fun. I mean, that's that's what we're sort of missing out on here, uh, and I don't understand. And Eli, thank thank you for your call this morning. I I don't understand why more owners don't appreciate this or why that why this hasn't been brought to their attention. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to White Plains. Fred is standing by. Hi, Fred. You're next up on the fan. Hi, Rick. Thanks for taking my call. I have a couple of points. You, you're totally spot on about the, the the home run thing, and also I think it's very important the 10 second rule and also the batters stepping out of the bat to speed the game up. But I wanted to make a couple other points about baseball. The NFL was nothing until the TV came along in the 50s, and people could watch it on TV and all that, and the camera angles. Baseball should try new camera angles. For example, why couldn't they have like a GoPro camera on the umpire's uh, helmet where you could see the power of the ball coming in and hitting the catcher's mitt? How about a, a camera angle from above, like you see the whole field from like a, um, a drone, say? Or how about a camera angle, put on, uh, have a designated hitter like Aaron Judge or somebody with a, uh, with a camera on their hat, and you could see the power of the ball coming in, how they swing. Also, I, because we're a visual society, a lot of people watch tv now and it's like oh football's exciting because they're watching it on tv go in person it's not as exciting but you could also have new uh, miking on the field i love to hear when the ball hit, when the guy hits the ball boom you hit it but the, a lot of the times i'm hearing michael k talking about a wedding he's going to i'd like to hear the, <laughs> the field mic more the fans cheering you could hear the players running the first base and the, and the foot hitting the bag at first base you could hear the umpires make it more more you could it's not making the game it's not it's not distorting the game. It's making what you can actually see. The same old center field camera angle they show, the same old, the ball goes to the shortstop, it goes to the... They have such modern technology, they could really make it a really Fred, cool experience. I, I, I'm listening to you, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you talk about, about the NFL. Uh, the NFL had a great breakthrough maybe 30, 40 years ago when somebody, uh, maybe Steve Sable with the NFL Films, decided let's mic, put a mic on, on some of these linebackers to see the sounds of the game from the game or what these guys are saying in the game. That was brilliant because everybody in the stands wants to know what it sounds like to be uh, you know, on the offensive line in a football game, what these guys are really talking about. Now, I couldn't agree with you more. Let's mic up some of the players. Let's get more better shots with, uh, you know, from camera angles. Do anything so that we're keeping, you don't want to ever have a situation where it's just another standard shot and the fan at home is just getting bored. I mean, I, I think that's, I mean, for example, and, and Fred, thank you for your call this morning. You know, for years and years and years now, that, that center field shot uh, looking from the back of the, the pitcher towards the batter, it's a one Wonderful, wonderful shot. But the fact is, you know, it looks like the because the pitch itself doesn't translate well electronically. It looks like, well, how can that batter miss that that curveball or miss that that fastball? It's a straight as an arrow because it doesn't really get the idea across what what a really good major league fastball or curveball or slider is all about. And trust me, they are hard to hit. Uh, that's why these guys make millions of dollars. But again, somehow to get the idea across to the fan at home, this is how how difficult it is to hit one of these pitches. That puts a little more more curiosity into the fan and makes it more of a challenge for uh, for anybody who ever wonders like, well, how how is it these guys just can't hit more more home runs? All right, let me, let me take a pause, take a time out. I want to continue obviously our conversation. As you can tell, I'm pretty fired up about this. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. When I return after his break, I'll go right back to your calls. Sports. 
Back here on the Sports Edge, don't forget Richard Neer will follow me at 9 o'clock this morning. I, I wonder if Richard agrees with me about all this when it comes to how to market baseball. But uh, make sure you stick around for Richard. He's always got great insights, great conversation on his show. And we're talking this morning about this, uh, this tug of war that seems to be taking place uh, with the analytics guys are saying, look, if you want to win, if you want to win at the big league level, You'll need a team of guys who throw over 90 miles an hour. You need guys who hit home runs, who have home run power, and you have to put in uh, implement uh, defensive shifts uh, with your infielders. The problem is that makes for maybe effective, maybe efficient, but it makes for very boring baseball. And the, what we're talking about this morning is what can we do to get back to make the game more fun, more entertaining where you have to basically keep your eye on the action because you never know when a guy's going to put a bunt down or steal a base or a delayed steal or hit and run. That is baseball, and it all has to do with speed. And unfortunately, for kids today, especially kids who like to run and move around, as most kids do when it comes to sports, speed is not really being emphasized uh, in baseball. Uh, and I, I find that to be just uh, both disheartening and discouraging. Uh, let me Let me... When I was building my, my, my college program over at Mercy, the first thing I looked for when I was recruiting was you know, really great foot speed, guys who could really, really run, guys who can fly on the bases, make infielders and opposing pitchers and opposing coaches very, very nervous. This is, this is common sense. And I can tell you, for four years at Mercy, my leadoff batter was a fellow named Sandy Foy. Sandy was six foot whip it thin, and he batted lefty. He not only was fast, but he looked fast. And I can't tell you how many times the opposing pitcher would be so nervous about facing Sandy uh, to start the game that he would walk him on four straight pitches. And then we were off to the races with Sandy on first. I mean, among other things, it meant my number two hitter would see a lot of fastballs because the pitcher didn't want to take a chance with an off-speed pitch because that might be the very pitch that Sandy tries to steal second. Friends, that's baseball. But I don't see that today in the big league level. Guy gets on base with a walk, he just sort of stands there. He's not going to steal second base. And, and it's, just, it's just boring. The idea is to build, put pressure on the other team. And a lot of that has to do with speed. All right, let's get back to our calls, as promised. Let's go over to uh, Floral Park. Steve is standing by. Steve, good morning. You're on the fan. Yes. Hello? Yes, Steve. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, okay. You know, I, I never call. I'm a first-time caller, but I just wanted to tell you I had to because you hit the nail right on the head with all you mentioned about baseball is a shadow of what it used to be. And all the other callers are more knowledgeable what they were saying I'll agree with. But you're right. If a, if a team also would try to go back to what was, they would win. They would be much more – they would be a very competitive team. And I just feel like so much time has gone by that I've been thinking this way yeah. that it's going to be a forgotten thing. It's going to be um, – how do I say it? How do I say it? A forgotten – what we remembered is going to be so forgotten that the powers that be aren't going to care anymore. Um, this is the way baseball is just going to be. Steve, it, and it's, it is un- it's unwatchable. Here, here's the thing. Major League Baseball is 
doing big numbers. The profits are sky high. Yes, I know we had a pandemic last year, and that, that hurt, of course. But the owners are making lots and lots of money. Uh, so it's not really financially, they're not really financially incentivized to say, let's, let's change the game, because right now we're doing just great. And a lot of the owners are in it just for the short term. They'll do it for four or five years and then make uh, and sell it to the next owner. They're not really necessarily concerned about the game being being played, being entertaining, because from their perspective, they're on the right track to, to winning games, and who cares what the fans want? Yeah, really. I guess, you know, what, I, I want to mention one more point that's been on my mind about it's the shifting that just kills me. Do you remember, I mean, of course you remember, remember like batters like Rod Carew? I mean, <laughs> these guys... They would do anything to get a hit for the team. Yeah. It is incredible how that is – I don't understand. I, I have a problem understanding it. And um, I mean, I, Rod Carew, one of the all-time greats, he probably oh, would have a hard time getting signed these days because I mean, the guy had great, great back control, great hitter, but didn't hit for much power, you know? Yeah, it, it's just, I don't know. I mean – can you imagine what, what would happen if Rod Carew came up today and he saw, you know, three guys on the right side of, of second base? He'd just say, fine, I'll just – fine, you keep doing that. I'll keep hitting the balls to left field. I mean, it's as simple as that. Probably, I mean, that's – He probably would get bored. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one was going to get a hit every time. I mean, I, it, it's, it's – you know, it's just, it's just sad. Steve, let me run to another caller. Thank you for your thoughts this morning. You know, and, and I got to tell you, I, I think that's the problem. The, the kids today are growing up, as I mentioned earlier on the show, kids today, when you talk to them in high school, they're learning about launch angles. They're learning about, about uh, spin rates as though somehow that's going to get them to the next level or make them more efficient. Eh, I don't, that's not the answer. The answer is how do I get to be better at playing a game of baseball? Let's go to Coach Tom over in uh, North Arlington. Tom, what, what's your take on all this? Oh, how you doing, Rick? Uh, I'm good, Tom. You, you could do a five-hour show and not even touch on this stuff. But anyway, uh, the first thing I would say, you were talking a little bit about you know make, being exciting in Little League. Yep. One uh, caller said brought it in, wood bats. Yes. Okay? And yes. on the other side, no curveballs. Okay, you you do that at the little league level, and I know there's a couple of local teams that do it with no curves. Okay, there's going to be a lot more. You you do away with walks, strikeouts, and home runs, all the dead ball stuff. Yep. It teaches fielding, it teaches pun, uh, bunting. Okay, and you know it gives, and, and pitchers don't have to worry about getting killed with line drives as well. You know, so it's like every the game is more fun. Okay, as far as speed up the game, I agree with you a hundred percent. All you got to do is watch one of those games, like from I, I'm a Met fan, the, the mid '80s Mets. You watch the games, two hours. Yes, you know, I well, mean, and there's a lot of action going on. There's 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 strikeouts. I watch a Dwight Gooden game, bunch of strikeouts. Yet you got stealing, you got fielding, and strikeouts were worth something for a pitcher because only the best got a whole bunch. And, uh, I mean, I look at the strikeout totals. I think what, the, the, DiMaggio struck out maybe five times in a year. You know what I mean? And Mickey Mantle, he was considered a big strikeout guy if he hit 100. You know what I mean? It right. Was like a, it was, it was all ridiculous. And, and I agree, again, on uh, what you're saying about someone's going to have to maybe a small market team or something. Home runs became popular when? In Babe Ruth? Because it was something nobody else did. That yep. was the main reason. 
Well, you know what? If you have a team, I think the A's tried it in the A's, you know, small ball with Billy Martin. If you, if you do something exciting and people come watch, it'll, it'll change. You know, eventually it'll change. Tom, I, I want to come back to a point you made in passing, because, uh, again, the fans today have no idea about this. But back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, at the big league level, uh, a major league game, the average length and they were all day games because the lights hadn't been introduced yet for night games. The average major league game lasted about two hours. Uh, I mean, it was quick paced because pitchers got the ball and pitched right away. Uh, the one guy standing out of the batter's box. Uh, it, it was just different because people, you know, and there weren't, of course, in those days, there weren't many relief pitchers either. You know, pitchers started the game and usually finished it. But again, we have a game that goes three, three and a half, four, four and a half hours. Well, you know, even the most ardent baseball fan says, you know, I got other things to do with my life besides just sit here and watch guys strike out or or pop up or whatever. So I mean, it, it's 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 got to be totally re reinvented, uh, not necessarily by changing the rules, but by basically saying let's get back to how baseball should be played. I mean, I, I if, if, you know, if if guys tried to put the ball in play more rather than swing for the fences, okay, and pitchers maybe kept a little bit back instead of throwing 100 miles an hour, worried about going the distance. What happens is, I mean, think about this. How many full counts are there? A full count, a guy fouls off, I don't know how many pitches, eventually strikes out or walks. Okay, that's, that's you, you could have six batters do something. Yeah. Okay, uh, you know, if, if the ball's being put in play. And again, the ball's being put in play means there's less pitches. Pitches are lasting longer. There's more complete games, which makes it quicker as well. All these things, it's like one thing leads to another. You do away with the strikeouts and the extended at-bats, okay, because the guy's going for the fences all the time. Like, like you said, think about what kind of shift would they have possibly put on uh, Pete Rose? Yeah, they would. You know what I mean? He would have bunted for him and batted like 500. <laughs> Did you say you were a Mets fan? Yes, I am. Can you tell me what, what uh, Familia, why is it taking so long to throw a pitch? What is he thinking I, about? You know what? Uh, there's not a person out there. I, I, I know, again, from coaching. As a fan, as a player in the field, and as a coach, we're all saying the same thing that I can't say over the phone. Okay? <laughs> when the guy is doing that on the mound. And you know it. It's like, why doesn't he You know what? Hit the guy. <laughs> he, he hit the, if you're going to go to a 10-pitch at bat and finally walk him, just hit the guy. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. But that's the society. Where, but you know what? Again, I'm not even talking about games in the 20s and 30s. If you look at the 70s and the 80s, those games were still quick. Yes. You know what I mean? You would watch. I mean, if you go, well, I'll, do, I'll go MLB online and watch one of those condensed games. You could watch the whole game in 10 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But. Well, anyway, anyway Tom, that's Tom, what we need to do. Take care. <laughs> Thanks for talking to you. And I think his observations about Familia and why he takes so long between pitches is just uh, it makes you just it makes you it's mind-boggling. There's no need for that. He knows how to pitch. He's a veteran. Get the ball and go back and pitch. I mean, you know, why take so long? Let's go on to uh, let's go to uh, Herman up in Stamford, Connecticut. Hey, Herman, you're next up on the fan. Yeah, hi. How are you? Good. I, I have a different take. I agree with everything that was said. When I was a kid, we got to the ballpark at 10 o'clock and talked baseball for three hours. Down at the fence, the players came over, they talked. It was a different world. And one other thing about the owners, instead of spending money, why don't they do something that Mrs. Payson did? In 63, the 
Dodgers wanted to get rid of Duke Snyder, and Donald Grant wouldn't put up the money for him. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Payton paid for him out of her own pocket because she knew the fans would love it. Mm -hmm. Tell me if you have anything like that going on today. Really. She was a fan, and that's what the owners are not. They're not fans. They're money people. And that's one thing that baseball probably will never change. Well, you make a good point, Herman, and, and uh, thank you for the call. You know, the fact is that uh, Major League Baseball used to be family-run uh, operations, and there are obviously still a few of those out there. But, uh, you know, with Mrs. Payson, uh, the Griffith family in Washington, then in, in, in Minnesota, and so on and so forth, uh, you know what I'm talking about. These were family-run operations uh, that they were not interested in just making uh, turn and selling the franchise for a quick buck. They were long-term, uh, again, family uh, companies. Uh, but it's a little different these days, and, and that's, that's part of the concern as well. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of these owners are in it for the short term. They come in, they want to get the biggest return they can on their investment, and then sell it to somebody else. I mean, that's, it is big, big business. We know that. The problem is they're beginning to lose their fan base, and particularly the next generation of athletes who say, look, this is just kind of boring. I don't, I don't want to sit at a baseball game for two, three, four hours or watch it on TV. That's a concern. Well, anyhow, I do hope some of this uh, conversation this morning has shed some, some light on this and what we can look forward to, hopefully, in the near future, because as I said, this is a real concern for people like myself who are baseball fans. All right, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Ed Arzuman. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.